welcome to Game Opinions episode 64. I'm your host, Kalman, and today I'm back again for another episode of Game Opinions. In today's episode of Game Opinions, I'm going to be talking a little bit about E3 because I didn't have a chance to talk about E3. And I, I know in my last episode, I said I was going to make a couple different wish list episodes, but that did not happen. And the main reason is when I went to go make those episodes, I basically just said I wanted Breath of the Wild 2 over and over again, and it really just wasn't great content. So I decided, you know what, we'll wait till a little bit after E3, have some feelings, digest a little bit, and go from there. So besides that, I also want to talk about the new Nintendo Switch OLED model, which was announced this week, and everyone is still humming about that. Uh, it's kind of controversial in a way just because of how they, I guess, managed this console, both in terms of the name and the features that this may or may not have. So that's that's something that I also want to talk about as well. And that will probably be the main topic of the episode today. So before we get into it, I have to say that uh, my voice probably doesn't sound 100%. It definitely doesn't feel 100%. And that is because I am getting sick. So I'm starting to feel like that energy that I had a little bit earlier today is just depleting very rapidly as the day has been going on. So I'm starting to feel like that really, you know, exhausted feeling, just, you know, weird aches for no reason, stuff like that. So, you know, definitely sore throat and all that. Probably not a great idea for me to be recording this right now, but you know what? I love you so much that I'm willing to go through this pain for you. But no, it's really not that big of a deal. It's just, you know, it feels more like a cold than anything else. And I think I'll, I'll be fine. My voice is probably going to be worse after the fact, unfortunately. But I definitely wanted to get this episode out because it has been a while. And there's a lot of things that I still need to, to touch upon that I just kind of left you hanging there in the last episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into the E3 portion of this episode and this, I'm going to keep this pretty simple. There's a couple different things that I didn't really like about this year's E3. And um, the first one, I'm going to say Devolver Digital's presentation. First off, I want to say I give them extreme credit for the creativity they put into their presentation. But I honestly just didn't get it. And it just wasn't super funny to me. And maybe if I understood the joke, it would be a different story. Because I did go on Twitter and people are saying that this was like the best Devolver Digital presentation yet. And I just, I don't know, for me, it just didn't really click. But once again, definitely really happy that it existed. But I'll be honest, I was like physically drained after watching um, that uh, that presentation. It was just super weird and I just don't really get it. And usually I like weird things, like, but in this case, it's just, it didn't really click for me and I just didn't get it. But once again, props for that. Props to them for being creative with their presentation. And another thing that I didn't like was the uh, the the Xbox presentation when they're going over Forza. There was multiple situations in that video presentation where there was like near misses for these cars, and it's like you know, if I was playing that game, I know damn well that there would be multiple collisions in those situations. And while crashes in real life are not cool, seeing them in games is kind of entertaining. And the fact that there was no crashes in those videos and it was just near misses or they'd cut away bothered the hell out of me. It's like there's no way that that is not a collision. There's no way. And I know Ford's is not really known for their damage engine. It's not like, you know, Wreckfest uh, or anything like that. But 
It's like, guys, come on, man. Like there are so many different things. And it was just, it was irritating me watching that presentation and just watching these cars just completely miss each other each and every time for one reason or another. It bothered me. It's like the amount of self-control those players had was just not realistic. And it was just really irritating. It's like, where are the collisions? Like just slam into each other. But overall, though, I think that Microsoft probably had the most solid presentation in terms of lineups. Um, but when I'm talking about E3 and, and E3 as a whole and who like wins E3, part of E3's greatness to me, or at least part of E3's past greatness, has been surprises. And there really wasn't a whole lot of surprises this year. And I know that's kind of like a you know possibly an unrealistic standard. And obviously, you want to see solid lineups as well, especially for these new consoles. But I just didn't see any surprises out of Microsoft. It's like these games look good, but they're not really surprising. Like we kind of expected to have this. And that's why I kind of point over to Nintendo. Now, everyone's opinions are different when it comes to, you know, which conference or which presentation is the most important to them. To me, though, I always have found Nintendo to be the most interesting because they have the potential to do things that these other companies just don't. They have a whole bunch of different IP that they can pull back that we haven't seen for a while. Um, and then they just have a whole bunch of different established franchises and they can do something really cool, especially when their console has already established itself in the market and they can just basically fire away. Now, I don't think that Nintendo's presentation was incredible, but... There were some announcements which were really cool. The Advance Wars 1 and 2 remasters were really cool. I don't think anyone was really expecting that. WarioWare was a cool uh, inclusion in that. But I think what really won E3 and what really made this year's E3 exciting was the announcement of Metroid Dread, which is, you know, Metroid 5. People were really confused about this announcement at first, but John, who has been on this podcast quite a few times, he had a genuine reaction to this game being announced, and he was extremely excited, and he wasn't the only one. There's multiple people on Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, showing reaction videos to this Metroid Dread game, and it was just awesome to see. And even me, who is not super into the whole Metroid series, even I knew Metroid Dread. I knew that name. You know, we heard that name multiple times, and apparently it was, I think, announced like in 2004 and eventually got canceled. And it somehow found its way back, and now the sequel to Fusion is coming out this year, which is just absolutely insane. And this was a moment that I feel like really helped make E3 feel sweeter, at least for me. Seeing the excitement, and that, that's part of the reason why like, you know, I do kind of miss seeing the crowds at E3, because when the crowds are excited, it almost builds up hype for you. So seeing everyone excited about Metroid Dread... That makes me, who isn't a huge Metroid fan, but that makes me really excited about this game because it just feels like there's buzz around it. And this was something that people really weren't expecting. And Nintendo was able to pull that out. So I definitely think that Nintendo won just due to the fact that it had won a solid lineup of games. Are they, are they games for everybody? Possibly not. But I just think that they had a, the best presentation in terms of we have a surprise for you. So... And not to mention, we also got Breath of the Wild 2 as well, which looked amazing. And we'll definitely have more discussion about Breath of the Wild 2 in other episodes. Because I know that, especially as we get more details about that game, I'm going to be making quite a few episodes dedicated to Breath of the Wild 2. I'm super excited about that game. 
So now we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Uh, I'll be completely honest with you. I had to end that original recording and now we're starting back up a couple days later. Now that I feel a lot better, I was just, I was dying, man. I, I, I couldn't talk anymore in that, in that first recording. I just had to end it. So we're going to be starting off here a few days later, feel much better. Uh, the switch announcement is now in the rear view mirror a little bit further, but there's still a lot of things to talk about and a lot of opinions that I'd like to uh, express for you. So starting things off, the first initial impressions of the Switch OLED model is that atrocious name. I, I cannot believe that this was the best that Nintendo could come up with with this name. Like I understand it's like straightforward and to the point, but it just feels like so, it feels so proper and I just, I don't like it. I don't like how they're just saying OLED model. It just feels wrong. It feels like this should not be a name for a console, but that is what we have. Um, and of course, you know, me, like many others, I was a little bit disappointed that this wasn't really a switch pro. I mean, there's some improvements here. You have a, a kickstand that goes across the uh, bottom portion of the switch. Um, you know, some slight chassis changes in terms of that, but for the, the pretty much the whole thing, I mean, you have a smaller bezel, which equals bigger screen, which is seven inches now instead of, I think like 6.2. So it's, you know, not majorly bigger than what the, uh, original switch had. Of course, OLED is going to be a much nicer screen than the original O than the original uh, LCD screen, which is cool. The white Joy-Cons look really nice. I don't like how the the Switch logo on the back has uh, kind of positioned itself differently and now is sized differently. I think the original actually looked better in terms of that, but it's not the upgrade that people were expecting. Uh, people wanted to have some more power, and I actually went back after watching the initial reveal trailer and I was like I'm going to check on the new 3DS trailer and see if they mentioned anything in that reveal trailer about faster processing power or you know a better CPU when I watched that trailer for the new 3DS they actually do go in and they say faster processing so I was like you know my first initial impression was like maybe they're waiting to reveal you know the power upgrade for this you know switch OLED model that wasn't the case. <laughs> they uh, basically have confirmed that is not the case. And really the only thing that has changed once again is the OLED screen and the uh, kickstand. And that's pretty much it. So it's a little bit disappointing. People are upset, um, but there are some pros to this that I know that's kind of ironic. <laughs> There's some pros to this, but there actually is. And I kind of wanted to lay those out real quick here. So first and foremost, I think the biggest change obviously is the OLED screen. You're just going to see a much better quality screen. And this is really geared towards handheld players. So if you are a handheld only switch owner that you just mainly play the handheld and you don't want to sacrifice screen size. In fact, you would like a the biggest screen possible with the smallest footprint possible. This is definitely the best model that you're going to be able to get. You're going to maintain the original form factor of the original Switch, and you're just going to get a much nicer screen. And that's really the biggest change um, that you're going to experience. Unfortunately, you're keeping the same Joy-Cons, but we'll go into the, the cons after we go into the... Uh, or the maybe you should have called these joys and then cons, but whatever. Um, so we'll we'll get into the cons in a little bit. Another pro that I think is uh, you know also good, and and that's going to be the kickstand. And we've we have mentioned these things before, but let's elaborate a little bit further. This kickstand has multiple clickable angles, and it you know goes across the entire base portion of the Nintendo Switch. 
this is going to basically eliminate the need for any third party stands. You're going to be able to basically put this thing wherever you want. The only thing that you can't really adjust is going to be actual height that one of these stand peripherals will give it. But the fact that now you can adjust it to multiple clicking angles, I think that's pretty awesome. And I've, I've read that it's pretty sturdy as well. So that's, uh, that's pretty great. The original stand on the Switch was not very good. It was a cool idea. It was nice and small in terms of like, you know, you have this like little feature, but this is obviously geared more towards the, you know, the handheld player and then also the uh, tabletop player as well. So I think that's actually pretty cool that they did add it in that way. Now for my other pro here, it's going to be for the dock. One, I think the dock looks way cooler than the original Switch dock. But having that ability to have that Ethernet cable not only is going to, uh, you know, lessen up clutter if you have a like Wii LAN adapter, which should not be a thing at this day in this day and age. Um, but it's also going to really boost something that I've had a problem with the Switch for a long time with. I always thought the original Switch's Wi-Fi uh, antenna and this, you know, the new Switch doesn't really address that in that way. However, I just felt like Wi-Fi on the Switch just never really worked super well for me. Maybe it's just my model, but I've heard other people talk about it too, that the Wi-Fi just seems a little bit weak on the Switch. So now that you have this Ethernet cable, download speeds for games is really going to improve, and I think the online game experience is also going to improve quite a bit. So I definitely am happy about that. That really should have been something that was on the original dock to begin with, but you know, it's better late than never now. And it's also that dock is also going to be available on Nintendo's website to purchase as well. And it will be compatible with both the OLED switch and the original switch as well. So that's that's definitely something that I'll probably look into getting if I decide not to get the OLED switch. All right. So we have one more pro that I'm going to throw out here, and that is the fact that this isn't a mandatory upgrade and it's not a necessary upgrade if you already have a switch. But if you don't have a Switch, this is the best model to buy. So let me elaborate on this a little bit. The one good thing about this not being a pro version of the Switch is that one, we're not going to have any locked content, similar to how when the new 3DS came out, there were certain exclusive games. Um, there was NES games on the eShop that you could access on the th new 3DS, like Earthbound. And there's also, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles that came exclusively to the new 3DS to take advantage of that processing power. In this case, we're not going to feel blocked or feel like you're missing out on things by not having the OLED switch model. This is a certain circumstance where you're still going to be able to get the same exact games. You're not really missing out. You're missing out on a nice screen, but... If you're playing docked mainly anyway, this really doesn't matter. So really, unless your Switch has warped to the point where it's shaped like a boomerang over the years due to the heat that the dock generates, this really isn't a necessary upgrade that you need to get. And I think there is some value in that, that now the original Switches, while they may not be as pretty or as shiny as the OLED model, they're still going to last you what appears possibly to be the rest of the generation if Nintendo doesn't plan to release another model next year. So now we're going to have some cons here. And, you know, obviously the first con is that the Joy-Cons are still present here and they don't seem like they have any different improvements to them. 
The Joy-Cons are just not built very well, as we've seen multiple drifting issues over the years. I have a couple of Joy-Cons that just don't work anymore because they have just drifted to the point where it's just not, it's not, you're not able to play with them anymore. So it's definitely a shame that we haven't seen any improvement to the Joy-Con. So it is a shame that they haven't upgraded the Joy-Cons or, you know, upgraded the console ergonomics. But, you know, it kind of is what it is at this point. I just think a lot of people were a little bit upset about that as well. Now, it's also, you know, it is a, a con that this isn't a more powerful system because at this point in the Switch's lifespan, and the Switch may have a, a long lifespan yet, you would kind of think that this would be the time to introduce a more powerful model. But it doesn't seem like that is going to happen, at least, you know, obviously not this year. But there is a, there's always a chance that next year they may go ahead and do that. Or, you know, we might be approaching a time where, you know, it's it might just be worth waiting for the next generation of Nintendo hardware, which, I mean, presumably they're already working on. So, I mean, it, it might just be the Switch is what it is. You might see another uh, model come out, but I feel like this might be this might be it. So it definitely does stink that we're not going to see an enhanced Switch or maybe we will, but it seems like at this point in time that we're not going to see an enhanced Switch, so that is a little bit disappointing. And then the last con here I have is going to be the price point. This is $50 extra. I'm not sure if this really warrants the price. Obviously, if you are going to buy a Switch, you know, you want to pay that extra money. I almost feel like it would be smarter just to phase out the standard Switch and then just have this one take its place at the same price point. And I'm not really surprised that it didn't go over 350. I think I've mentioned in the past that Nintendo would not price something past 350 for whatever they come out with. So uh, it's uh, it's definitely interesting though. And obviously, we may see something next year. And and I have this this growing feeling. And I, I'm kind of afraid to say it on here, but I, I'm gonna go ahead and do it anyway. I think that if Nintendo releases a Switch Pro. Part of me is really feeling like, especially at this point in time, at this point in the generation, we've already had, you know, probably more than half of the Switch's lifespan is now gone. I think that the Nintendo Switch Pro is going to be the exact opposite of the Nintendo Switch Lite. I don't think there's going to be a handheld portion to it. I think it's going to be a home console or it's going to be achieved in a very unconventional way with maybe different connectors that is not USB-C or something of that sort, but I feel like this is going to be a dedicated home console whenever they do come out with a Switch Pro, if they do. I feel like at that point in the life cycle, it's not going to matter as much, and it's going to, you know, possibly shape what they're going to do for next generation. I mean, I personally don't really want another Nintendo console that doesn't have a handheld portion to it, but we'll see what happens with a Switch Pro, but I do have a really strong feeling like that is going to happen. So I might be completely wrong and there's really nothing to back that up. It's literally just a gut feeling that I have. And I really hope that that does not happen because it just would be unreal. But it just feels like we're trending that way. Think about it. Every Switch up until this point has been catered to the handheld gamer. The first Switch, yes, you have the ability to dock it, but it felt very much like a you know handheld system with a pretty nice screen very nice and big you know you have the joy cons that are sliding on these on the console itself then you have the switch Lite, which is geared directly towards handheld gamers and now you have the switch oled model which is geared directly towards handheld gamers as well giving a seven inch oled screen and a, a kickstand 
it feels like the at-home on the TV gamers are due for a Switch of their own. And I feel like in this case, I think that the Nintendo Switch Pro is kind of trending to the direction where it's like Nintendo's like, all right, we gave you handheld gamers all of these different models. It's time for a Switch Pro that is dedicated to home console users. And I feel like this is going to happen. I just have a feeling. I can imagine the outrage. I can imagine it's just such a Nintendo thing to do. And I just feel like it's going to happen that way. So I, I really don't know what to, uh, to expect from that. But if this happens, I just want everyone to timestamp this episode. And I want everyone to reference this episode that has listened to this. And I want them to think about this for a second. I think that the Switch Pro, it it has to be a home console. I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be in some weird way that it achieves that power. So I don't want to speak this into existence, but I just think it would be really hilarious. I would definitely be disappointed if, you know, a Switch did not come out that was more powerful in a handheld just because it's such a cool console. But I just don't know if Nintendo is willing to invest the amount of money it would take to have a really good battery life and all of that into a switch that is a hybrid system. I just think that I just think it's going to be a home console. So definitely crazy stuff. Uh, I'm sure it'll be more controversial things that we can discuss and, and go all over Twitter and it's going to be really exciting. But I feel like that's a ways off and possibly next year or the year after. But uh, definitely something that may come out uh, if it does come out closer to the end of the switch's life cycle. That way, the outrage is a little bit more quiet. It just gives, it kind of gives them a little bit of spark heading into next gen. Um, so, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. But um, I, uh, I'm very interested to see what Nintendo does. So that is all the time I have for today. And, you know, once again, going to be trying to make these episodes more frequently. And if you guys are really interested in podcasting yourself, make sure you head on over to blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GamePinions, and then you can have a free month of podcast hosting service and a whole month of podcast stats. This is the podcast service we've been using now for over three years, and we absolutely love it. So if you're interested in trying it out and seeing what you uh, what you can do over there, it's it's definitely worth it. Customer service is second to none. And it's just a really, really good service. And I have no intention of ever leaving. So that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for listening in. And I'll catch you in the next episode of Game Opinions.